This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey all, Eric Christensen here, pharmacist on the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying the show, finding it valuable. Uh, today I'm going to cover lithium pharmacology. And in all honesty, thinking about the pharmacology and the mechanism of action, uh, there's still a lot that isn't exactly known uh, about lithium and and how exactly it works. There's uh, proposed mechanisms at this time, uh, alterations in in norepinephrine and serotonin in the brain, um, but there's lots of potential uh, different activity that lithium could have. However, Uh, We do know that it can help in uh, maintenance treatment as well as acute treatment of bipolar disorder. So if you remember in bipolar disorder, there's a couple of different forms. Uh, Probably the most uh, classic or or memorable one, maybe you'll you'll hear taught about throughout school uh, or in practice, is patients who have uh, manic episodes where it's basically a a flight of ideas, uh, continuous talking, uh, maybe an elevation in um, the way they're thinking as far as uh, their stature and importance and um, maybe some uh, ego associated with that uh, manic episode as well. Uh, Lack of sleep uh, can certainly happen during those manic episodes as well. And lithium can can help reduce that and and prevent um, kind of that uh, cycling from Um, depression to mania and and back and forth. So lithium uh, is generally not utilized first line um, due to the fact that there is a lot of clinical quirks, uh, drug interactions, potential toxicities uh, that we can run into and and patients um, can struggle uh, with using this medication due to some of those side effects, which um, I'll kind of get into here. So uh, thinking about lithium, uh, lithium is one of the, the few drugs that we do it for a few, I guess, but where we monitor levels. And lithium levels generally uh, target range is 0.5 to 1, 0.5 to maybe up to 1.2, um, kind of depending upon uh, what you're trying to do and patient response and, and all different sorts of sorts of things like that uh, that may come into play. Um, With that lithium level, obviously, if we're uh, under that, uh, we're potentially at risk of uh, having an an episode inducing uh, mania or not controlling symptoms of their uh, bipolar diagnoses there. Now, if we uh, go above that limit, uh, maybe in the 1, 1.5 range or higher, then we obviously have a much greater risk of running into lithium toxicity. And this can be uh, really, really challenging, really problematic, obviously. So uh, kind of at, at mild to, to moderate elevations, uh, what you might see is um, a little bit more generic symptoms, nausea and vomiting, some stomach upset, 
Uh, sedation as well um, can happen kind of as patients get mildly toxic. Um, as those concentrations escalate, and again, really depends upon the patient. You might see different things from different patients, but um, as those those concentrations go up, uh, we can start to have uh, movement problems such as like tremor, um, ataxia, dif- difficulty with you know coordinating uh, movements and walking and things of that nature, and that can be precipitated toxicity can be precipitated by a lot of different things so one of the first things i always think about when um, reviewing things with patients is are they actually taking the medication appropriately are they taking it as prescribed and in addition is that the way they're taking it now different from the way they've taken it in the past so if we've got a patient that historically hasn't been very good at remembering to take their meds and now they're taking it more well we might have increased the dose based upon some of those missed doses and that can ultimately lead to a situation of toxicity so that's kind of one route of toxicity Uh, Another one, of course, is drug interactions, which I'll um, talk about as I kind of finish up this podcast today. Some really, really important ones uh, that you need to pay attention to. Um, I do also want to mention, as far as the the side effect profile, obviously, as you get to more and more toxic levels, you know, super, super high toxic levels, you could potentially... Um, kill somebody could potentially result in death. So um, we have to certainly think about that. Um, You know, it might be hard to get to that point, and hopefully we never do. But um, along with, you know, potentially lethal doses of lithium, as you get to higher and higher situations, it's going to act more and more on the uh, CNS. So risk of seizure, uh, obviously risk of coma, something like that uh, can happen as we get really, really uh, high levels. Uh, Other adverse effects that can happen, uh, you have got to remember to monitor kidney function and you've got to remember to monitor thyroid function, okay? Lithium is one of those drugs that can impact thyroid hormone. So very, very important throughout therapy, making sure that we're uh, tracking a TSH and uh, monitoring uh, thyroid function. Now, with the the kidney function, uh, there's maybe a, a couple reasons here. So, lithium is associated uh, with what's called you know diabetes insipidus. It can contribute, cause um, basically this dilution of the urine, where your body it impairs the ability ability of the body to concentrate urine and what happens is you pee out really dilute urine almost water-like type urine well you can imagine that's going to contribute to frequent urination if we're not diluting our urine or excuse me if we are diluting our urine and letting a lot of free water um, go out through the the kidney and your body compensates and that can contribute to excessive thirst. So keeping an eye out for some of those symptoms in a patient on lithium uh, might be an important tip for you uh, to ask about in somebody taking uh, this drug. Now, the other reason I wanted to mention kidney function was lithium is generally cleared by the kidney. So in patients where we have an acute renal failure type situation, there is the possibility that they can become lithium toxic because that kidney isn't functioning correctly 
and so it's not eliminating lithium at a regular rate or at its usual rate from the body, and this can ultimately lead to uh, toxicity. So uh, thyroid and kidney function, two really, really important things to uh, remember with lithium for sure. Uh, now I'm going to wrap up on drug interactions, but I um, want to take a quick break, uh, remind you guys, um, if you love the podcast, looking to support the podcast, we've got all sorts of resources. I've made it easy. It's all in one spot. Uh, NAPLEX, uh, BCPS, BCGP, uh, different things for resources for pharmacists. Also have a few books available for practicing healthcare professionals. You can find uh, those as well with case studies and drug interactions and, and all that uh, good clinical information. So meded101.com slash store will have a list of all the uh, current resources that uh, we have avail available that you can help uh, support and, and grow the, the podcast with as well there. So let's finish up on drug interactions. And there's three really, really important ones that I always remember. Now, there is quite a few with lithium, and I think it's important to um, double check. I typically do in, in patients that I'm seeing for the first time. I'll, you know, do a drug interactions check on, on all their medications. But there's three big ones that I always, always keep in mind. So first one, thiazide diuretics. These drugs can raise lithium concentrations. So this is drugs like uh, hydrochlorothiazide, chlorthalidone. Uh, I have covered these already in a, in a previous podcast. So you can go check that out. But you've got to remember that these drugs, they're commonly used in edema, uh, commonly used in uh, management of hypertension as well. So keep an eye out for thiazide and thiazide-like diuretics when a patient's on lithium because it can raise levels. ACE inhibitors. Again, another very, very common medication. Lots of compelling indications where we would use an ACE inhibitor. Uh, in the management of, of hypertension and heart failure and, and post-heart attack and things of that nature, um, you've got to uh, remember if we're starting an ACE and you've got a patient with bipolar disorder, maybe on lithium, uh, that it could potentially uh, raise those concentrations there. And now the hardest drug interaction, in my opinion, uh, is NSAIDs. And the reason this is challenging is because we have uh, a significant number, at least a couple of common NSAIDs that are available over the counter. So ibuprofen, naproxen, all drugs within the, the NSAID class, uh, there is the potential for an interaction there. So, you know, I, I think about management and, and what can we do if we've got a patient where we feel we absolutely need one of these drugs? Well, we're going to have to monitor levels closely, monitor for signs and symptoms of toxicity, and of course, make sure what we're doing uh, with our patients is safe. But if you ever see a patient um, on lithium and, you know, maybe you're a prescriber, maybe you're a pharmacist, whoever you are, nurse monitoring a patient, if you see some of these, you know, common drugs being started new in a patient on lithium, you've got to remember to look out for toxicity, uh, check levels, you know, notify. Generally, it's going to be a psychiatrist monitoring lithium. Notify their, their psych team or who's ever um, working with them and letting them know, hey, there's a potential drug interaction here. Just want you to know, be aware, and, um, you know, manage that, that patient uh, appropriately. 
So I think that's going to sum up lithium for today. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, free resource, reallifepharmacology.com. I've got a free 31-page um, PDF download when you subscribe to the podcast on the website. I also send out emails uh, when a new podcast is available as well, so you can keep tabs on us there. So reallifepharmacology.com. Check out that um, top 200 study guide. Uh, that's absolutely free, no cost to you. If you'd like to support us, uh, meded101.com slash store. You can check out all the uh, products there and, and see if there's anything that uh, fits what you're looking for. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes or wherever, uh, leave us a rating review. Uh, greatly, greatly appreciated. Those reviews have been uh, very kind and uh, humbling. Certainly appreciative of that. That's what I'm going to cover for today. Thank you for listening. Uh, signing off and have a great rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.